0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. everyone! Today I'm speaking about contentment and how being in a state of satisfaction can give you the space to cultivate a happier and more intentional life. And to lead this conversation, I am joined by American author and creative consultant, Jamie Varon, who's recognized for her writings on how to build a life you really love and whose words have been featured in the Huffington Post, Medium, Teen Vogue, Fusion, and more. Jamie just released her first book titled Radically Content. Being Satisfied in an Endlessly Dissatisfied World, which will motivate you to opt out of societal expectations and give you the tools to create a more satisfied every day. And in our discussion today, we explore what it means to be content and how cultivating contentment can give you the foundation to be more present and the space to feel your feelings learn and grow. If you are ambitious and have achieved a lot, but often find yourself feeling discontent, or if you simply find yourself saying, I will be happy when... This conversation is especially for you. You'll learn how to untangle yourself from unsustainable expectations and find who you are outside of your achievements and hard work. You will discover what it means to be radically content and be challenged to unlearn the behaviors that cause discontentment so that you can uncover your why and embrace your truest self. Be inspired to let go of societal shoulds and start embracing who you are, what you have, and where you are today. Be happy now while you pursue your wildest hopes and dreams. Okay, so I remember reading your articles when I was a little bit younger and found one article that I bookmarked so long ago. And I was like, oh my goodness, that was Jamie. I was like, wow. Is- I mean, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is great. I mean, it went full circle. I was like, I, I love that. I, that that really made my day. And then I heard that you're from Calabasas and I'm from Toronto, but I lived in, in California for a bit, but my sister lived in Agora Hills for two years. So I know exactly where you are. Neighbors. I mean, Agora Hills is... Yep, yeah, right down the street. Right next door, right next door. Yeah. Well, I have to say, honestly, I absolutely loved reading your book. It was so calming and I would say one of the most relatable pieces I've ever read. I am a kind of a high-stress person. <laughs> I think a lot of us are very anxious these days, and so it just put me at ease and so I am so excited to share it with our listeners today because I know they're going to love it. I
1: literally could cry. So, Aww. I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, you know, that's the thing that I wanted the most was I didn't want someone to read the book and feel, you know, that I've read these kinds of books and I walk away feeling so stressed out, like, oh my God, I have so much to do now. Cause I'm not, you know, they've given me this huge list of 300 pages of things I haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I was like, I want to write the opposite of that where like you walk away, just feeling like, actually I'm good. Like I have some things I want to work on, but I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, that was like the main thing. So that really makes me happy to hear that.
0: That is so true. It's less about, oh, here's all the list of habits that you need to adopt. It's more so, hey, be grateful with where you are today and what you've already accomplished and just let go of all the anxieties that I think we go into things trying to complete things or we enter things with all these things on our back. And your book just kind of let me let go of those things. And, you know, there's one chapter where you talk about letting go of control. And I think that related, I related to that the most. So I'm actually super honored to have received an early copy of your book and I am so excited for other people to dive in and and see what happens. You know, you talk about that in your book, you're going to let go of control and just put your book out there and see how it's received and don't go into it with expectations, which I think is very smart.
1: Yeah, and I'm really, that is my full intention. And I think that that's been a really interesting thing as like holding that intention as opposed to just being like, I'm going to go up and down with how it performs or how it doesn't each day. And it's too stressful. I'm like, I know that I only have some control over what it does in the world. And I'd rather, like, that's the focus of like, I'd rather have my well being than go up and down with how it performs from day to day, as if like, that's going to tell me if I'm worthy or valuable.
0: Mm -hmm. So in your writings, you work to inspire people to build a satisfied, contented, and happy life that Opts out of what you call the societal shoulds. And in your book, you help us unlearn the societal conditioning that may be keeping us from being satisfied. And you give us the tools to start cultivating more meaningful lifestyles. And so I'm hoping, just for our listeners, you can start by sharing a brief background on your career as a writer and creative and the time that you began to feel dissatisfied with your work despite all your great accomplishments. Yeah, I mean, I spent most of my 20s. Just
1: ambitious. I fully got myself into a hustler. I like hustle. I don't give up. I I really felt that like my ambition was my, like that was something that was so precious to me. But then I, you know, with the ambition, I started to feel every single time I would accomplish something, it just didn't feel like it was enough. And at first I was like, well, maybe I just need to keep pushing. I thought I just haven't accomplished enough yet that it feels like enough. And so I was like, okay, keep going, chugging along, you know? And then I finally got to that place where I was kind of in my like 30s, like, uh, well, I would say like I turned 30 and then my early 30s, it just really hit me. I was like, I have done so much and I still, I'm like, where, where's my happiness? Like, where am I going to feel good? And like, it's enough. And when do I just get to like be in my life as opposed to not only working all the time, but also if I'm not working, I'm at least being anxious about the things I have to be doing, which like mm-hmm. our anxiety sometimes can feel kind of like weirdly productive. Cause it's like, well, at least I'm I'm anxious about it. You know, I'm doing something. I haven't given up. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way because I was thinking my whole life, the equation was like, achieve these things, become this impressive person. And then you get to be happy. You get to be okay. And then you can focus on maybe some of the other areas of your life. Like you got to sacrifice, you got to work hard. It's going to be hard and all of this. And I was like, I think it's a lie. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) wait a second. I think I've been lied to like, for real. I was just like, Whoa. And I, I just kind of started like interrogating that and then started to see, I was like, wait, I'm not even that productive. I'm not showing up for myself in any other way, except like, I'm just fixated on my ambition. I'm not like, feeling healthy and energized in my life. Like people would say, like, follow what lights you up. And I'd be like, what? No. Come on. (laughs) Like follow what's gonna get you to the next impressive thing. And I just had this really big realization and I was like, I really and I knew, I knew other people were feeling the same way. It wasn't one of those things where I was like, I think I'm alone in this. I knew that this was something that we were being like plagued by because I think we grew up as like, put your passion first, always go after your passion. And while that was really good, I think that that's a nice change from like, just do what you can to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. I think it also got in our head a lot. And then we had this, we have this pressure to like make it before we're 30. Like as if that's just this magical cutoff time where you're just done after that. Like what happens after 30? Nobody knows, but you know, we just keep on living actually is what happens. So I think it just was this really big realization for me where I was like, I think there's got to be a way for me to be happy and really proud of myself for where I'm at, but also leave space for my bigger dreams. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I mean, I was just searching. This was probably around like 2016, 2017. And I was in a searching mode. I wasn't really like, I have all the answers. And so- radically content ends up being like the culmination of that searching because i was like there's got to be a better way and i started thinking of this like idea of like satisfied lives and being content and i'd have i had this big block around contentment because i was like well it makes you complacent Right. And then you'll get lazy and then you won't achieve anything. Like I realized actually through kind of like going through all of this, I was like, what's going to motivate me to do more and achieve more if I like myself? And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, Why am I holding my own regard for myself hostage so that I'll achieve more, hoping it'll make me happy and like myself more? I'm like, why don't I just like myself and then see what happens. And I, I fully, it was like probably around 2017 where I just, I stopped writing. I stopped being ambitious. Like I really set it all down. And I was like, let's just see what happens if I just sort of chill out, you know, and like try to be content, try to be happy with where I'm at because I've already done so much. Like I felt like I was running around. I mean, by the time I turned 30, I was like, I had done so much and I was still like, it's not enough. It's not enough. I got to do more. I hadn't done this and this and this. And so that really opened my eyes. And then I started to notice that like the more content I became in my everyday life, the more that I built, like I'm going to find joy in the everyday, like find joy in the simplicity, like find, find all these like habits and rituals that really supported myself. And like took care of my, my mind and my body and everything, instead of like, you know, ignoring those things to achieve more. I was like, I'm doing more. Like I was writing more consistently. Mm -hmm. Everything was more consistent. Everything was calmer. And I was like, Whoa, I think I like discovered, I mean, I don't think it's like totally new, but I was like, I think I discovered something that, you know, we either get this advice of like, totally live off the grid. Don't have, you know, kind of like don't even go try really, you know, just live your own life, which is totally fine. Or it's like hustle, grind, crush it. And I was like, where's the middle?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Where's the middle? I mean, in your book, you talk about, I'll be happy when you used to say that to yourself. And obviously there was a point where you hit, this is impossible and I'm just going to be happy now. And But when you when you told yourself or when you had that moment, I'm sure there was a transition involved. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about other people in my life. I remember my mom always says, oh, just relax, go into it. Just, you know, don't stress. And when you do that, there's this guilt that you feel. And I'm sure you can relate to this. You're like, oh, but I'm going slower. I should be, feel anxious, you know? But actually at the end of the day, when you don't have that mental clutter, you'll actually be more efficient. <laughs> That's the thing. I thought that I was like
1: pushing myself to be more productive. And I'm like, the more chill that I've become, that's when, and the more content I've been in my everyday life, the more my life has like exploded in all the ways that I thought was going to happen before when I was so like, now I don't need it in the same way and I'm able to enjoy it. But absolutely, I mean, I still sometimes can fall into the "I'll be happy when I get this thing," mm-hmm. and then I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> we don't think that way anymore." You know, like I, I, I think that that's a really important point of saying that, like maybe someone would look at me as like, "You don't have those thoughts anymore," or they just go away. They don't. They don't. It still comes up. You just have the tools to sort of, I call it like a redirection. It's like, okay, this is my first conditioned thought is like, I'll be happy when I get this thing that I saw this person on Instagram has. And then I have to stop myself and go, we don't believe that anymore. Let's redirect this. What are you craving for real? What's, you know, what's at the heart of this? And cause I definitely, I feel a sense of, I felt a sense of guilt whenever I would like rest or take time off or anything cuz i was like well i'm not happy yet i'm not there yet but then you realize you're like what's what's there what's the there when do we know when's enough when do we feel it it's like then you realize you're like wait these things don't have definitions and i'm yeah. just chasing after a thing that i can't
0: ever get <laughs> and am i even going to be happy when i get there right like you don't know it's it's so fascinating how this works you don't know and then
1: a lot of times I feel like we then have the opposite end where someone does get the thing that they think is going to make them so happy. And then they feel guilt that they don't feel so happy, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're like, well, this is still, you know, it's like, even if you get all your dreams come true and you never have to even question it's, it's still like, you still work. You still have to like, go to the grocery store. You still have to do your like mundane things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take away. So this idea of like, I'll be happy when is just pure escapism
0: that we think is motivation. Mm -hmm. And, and like you, I really, really struggled with feeling content, especially in my twenties. I always felt like I was in this race with my peers, especially with my ambitions and, you know, the media saying, Oh, you know, 30 under 30, 40 under 40. It's that pressure, you're like, oh, well, I want to be there. And if you're not there, you feel the pressure to work more harder. And at the end of the day, like, are you working harder? Are you working smarter? So since adopting this lifestyle, I've realized that I should really slow down, like removing the mental the clutter in my space, but also that helps with the mental clutter, and I feel more at peace, and I feel more at peace with moving at my own pace and and not just with my studies and the work that I do, but also in my personal life. I mean, I have girlfriends who are like, "Oh, you know, I turned thirty five, and a lot of my friends are like, "'Oh, well, do you feel the pressure to have kids get married like right now? And I said, like, "No, I'm going at my own pace. I feel quite at ease and and it actually gives them ease. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Right. So I, I'm curious though, but for you, what were some of the societal pressures that were keeping you dissatisfied? That's a great question. I mean,
1: I think the a big one was having a book published by the time I was 30 and I'm 36 now, so I didn't do it, you yeah. know, and that's, that's fine. I'm actually happy with the way that it all turned out. But at the time before I turned 30, I was like, I think it's over now. Like I'll never publish a book. When I was 29, about to turn 30, I for sure thought I will never, ever publish a book. That is the, that's the end of it, you know? And I mean, now I'm 36 publishing a book, so
0: hmm,
1: I wasn't right. And I had convinced myself and society had convinced me that I was right. And I agree with you in that it was all the 30 under thirties. I mean, now they do 18 under 18. You're like, good Lord. Yeah. break. You know, it's like, why I want to see 50 over 50. Like, let's do that, you know, 60 over 60. Like, let's see something, let's give some hope. We don't need to see more of like youthful achievement being just this like standard for everything. And I definitely, definitely had an age thing with that kept me really dissatisfied. Definitely some things with money of like feeling like I needed to have more money At a certain age or a certain time or a certain point in my career, Um, things like, you know, not having uh, like the body you're supposed to have that kept me really feeling like, well, I can't possibly convince myself that I am happy if I'm not thin. You know, that was a big one, big one that kept me really dissatisfied because I always felt like I grew up thinking that's when your life gets to start was like once you lose the weight, then you get to have the life that every, you think you're supposed to have. And so it was always like either rebelling against that or feeling very, um, like I'm not allowed to have, I'm not allowed to begin. And so that was, that was probably, I would say the biggest one that was really entrenched, um, and took a long time to really unlearn and start to see that like I don't have to wait, you know, I, and my body can fluctuate. It can do what it's going to do, but it's not going to dictate what I'm going to tell myself as possible, what I should have at a certain time, um, how happy I should be able to feel in my life, how proud of my achievements I should feel or anything like that. And I think that was probably, you know, that sort of had a lot of tangents in my life. Um, but, and that, and the age thing. I definitely felt a lot of pressure. I think that's why my twenties, I felt like I was like running towards 30 of like, Mm -hmm. let me get it all figured out, you know? And what's weird is like, everyone has different things. Like I didn't have any pressure to like get married, but then of course I get married at 25. (laughs) It's like, you know, I didn't have any of that, um, of the, like, I need to get married before I'm 30, but I've had friends who they had that pressure and then it didn't work out because they Mm. felt, they realized like I was just trying to get in before I was 30. Um, So I, I just like, I love that you don't have, and I love like when we have these conversations with friends where you're just like, no, I don't feel that. And then you're right. They get to go, you can just decide that. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can, you can (laughs) decide to not opt into what everyone is saying. Like, -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I I mean, there's a way of managing it, right? I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to negative self-talk, and my co-hosts and I are constantly managing it. And even just talking to each other really, really helps us. So having that friend is is helpful. Uh, But I I can tell you that I've struggled with always feeling not good enough in ways, and I think that is one of the things that kind of lights the fire under me to. Uh, be the ambitious person that I am because it's it's that, oh, I want to prove myself and I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it, but I, I need to manage it better. And I, I, I am managing it and I'm trying to figure out ways. But uh, I mean, I, I know in your journey, and I'm curious about this, you, you had a moment in your life where you really stepped back. So you took a pause. You mentioned that earlier. You took a pause. I read, I believe you You went to France between 2017 and 18. And what was that experience like? And, and how did that lead you to a deeper level of satisfaction within yourself? That pause was everything because I felt
1: like I didn't know how to even engage with my dreams, my ambition, anything anymore. Cause I, I was very similar of like, I just don't think I'm good enough and I'm doing the proving and it's driving, I'm going up and down, you know, especially with things like social media, it's like, if something takes off, you're excited. If something doesn't get as many likes as you expected, now you're dealing and grappling with, well, I'm not good enough. And then I am good enough. And then I'm not good enough. And it's just, you know, it's a seesaw, right? And I was just so tired of feeling stressed and anxious. And I just was like, I don't think any of this is worth it you know, like, I don't think achieving these things, I don't know what I'm proving. I don't know who I'm proving it to anymore. I don't know. I've lost my passion for it. I just feel it was probably now that there's much more, um, a lot more information about burnout out there. I was probably Mm -hmm. burnt out, you know, and I didn't realize it. I just didn't have a word for it. And I didn't know what was going on, but I was definitely just burnt out. I mean that's a not just burnt out, we know if anyone's been truly burnt out, I mean you're just you're not effective, you're not effective, you're not happy, you don't have hope, you're not excited, you know, like there was nothing that I was like even looking forward to anymore. It was just like, oh, I gotta get to the next, gotta get to the next and i mean i I took a pause, but let's let's be real, I also had to make money, <laughs> and yeah. i you know, so I worked too. I have a design company where I took on. It was more like I stopped having all the side hustles, you know, because I've always had my design company, my web design company since like 2009. And I was just working with clients. I was making money, paying off debt, because that was another thing. I'd gotten myself into debt because I was like, well, one day, one day, you know, and I was like, one day is not coming, babe. Like you got to get your, you got to get your stuff together now, you know? And so I really had to just root myself in the present. And I think that was probably the most important thing and spending 2018 in France. I mean, the French culture, there's a lot of great things about the French culture in that they are extremely present and they know how to really enjoy the day. And having that as opposed to America, where if you want to be present and enjoy the day, you have to go against the society, Mm -hmm. which is hard sometimes because you're like, you're always going against the tide. Whereas when we went to, when my husband and I went to France, I was like, Oh, I'm in the tide now. Like I just get to coast with the, with the people that, you know, it's like, they don't think it's weird to go to the park in the middle of the day and like read a book on the grass for 2 hours. They're like, mm-hmm. "No, that's the that's the day. Like that's what you do." Right. And it really taught me a lot because I was like, "Wow, this is a totally different experience of life." And I had already spent a lot of time in Europe, but that something of like where I was at in my life at that point, and because I was in this pause, it just really clicked in in a different way. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is really helping me see that you have to like, I always say to myself, I'm like, be in the day you're in, you Mm -hmm. have to be in the day, be present here while also, you know, putting in the time for your dreams. And I had to really, I think that whole process was me letting go of this idea of like ever being able to prove to myself that I was good enough. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's just not. We're not doing that game anymore because there's no way to really measure it. And, you know, we try to measure it. We'll go, okay, maybe by Instagram followers. I tried that. I've gotten lots of followers yeah, and it doesn't ever really tell you, okay, <laughs> now you're good enough because, you know, you have like this many followers and then this person has
0: a million followers and you're right. like, you'll compare okay. yourself to the next tier up. Always, <laughs> always like, okay, <I>
1: <laughs> you know, and I, like, it's just it's always going to happen. So if you're measuring, if you're measuring, you're always above someone or below someone. And I was like, I'm off the ladder. That's Mm -hmm. what I did. I was just like, I'm off the ladder. I'm not playing the good enough game. I'm just going to figure out a way to engage with all of this without that. So that's how I started like focusing, like with my writing instead of sitting down and being like, okay, Write a sentence and if it's good enough, we're gonna feel good today. And if it's not, we're not. Instead, it was very, just be consistent. Just write every day or like write the amount of times you say you're gonna write. If you say, like it started in France, I had not written anything for like, I think two or three years. And then when I was in France, I got this idea and I was like, I'm gonna start a newsletter. I'm just gonna write every Friday. I'm gonna call it Friday letters. I'm not even gonna care if anyone subscribes. I'm just gonna write what I wanna write. I'm just gonna sit down on a Friday morning at a coffee shop and write whatever comes out. And I'm gonna stick to that. I'm not going to miss it. And I didn't ask myself to write every single day and write for 10 hours a day. You know, I just was like, one morning a week. (laughs) And that helped because instead of focusing on being good enough, I just focused on, am I doing it? Mm. Like, am I actually writing this essay or, you know, this letter to people, sending it out and being done with it? And that became, I was like, whoa. And I realized I was like, that feels so much better to me than being like, okay, I'm going to write this on Friday. And if I don't think it's good enough and I don't yeah. get enough replies and I don't get enough shares, then maybe next week I won't even do it. Yeah. And then maybe the net, it's just that breaks my, like that makes me like almost nauseous thinking about it now because that's how I used to be so bad. And I would feel so out of control with myself, you know, like I couldn't, I didn't feel safe with myself with that. Once I started focusing on the consistency, I was like, okay, just like, just the way that like anyone would learn an instrument. You're just practicing. You're building a skill. It'll come easier. Like you're getting better with putting the practice in. Like it's not about being good enough. It's not about getting someone's approval. It's not about proving anything. It's just doing it for you because you have this thing that lights you up and makes you excited, which is writing, you know? And so that really changed a lot for me, but I don't think I would have gotten there had I not taken that pause because I was just so in my own head about everything.
0: You write in your book that this new foundation of gratitude helped you work on your dreams from a different place. And that is the best example. That's exactly what it did. And I find it really interesting that the The French culture they made you feel more relaxed, like you could go at your own pace because there wasn't that hustle culture as much. I mean, people people very much they work to live there rather than mm-hmm. the opposite, right? And 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 you know, you were already working for yourself, so you were already different than most people in the workforce. You were you had your own creative company and you were building websites, and that's the first step. I, I remember living in Los Angeles, I lived there in 2010. And I remember saying, wow, it's so relaxed here. I mean, if I was outside at 10am in the morning, walking a dog in Toronto, people would look at me weird. Like, what are you doing? Do you not work? We're back in 2010. But in, in LA, people work at all different hours. So there's no judgment. It's just so different. And a side note for our listeners is you actually built a website around why Twitter should hire you which is so such a great story. And I think, I believe that's how you started building websites. I think you got your first client through that. I think you were interviewed on CNN about that. It was incredible. Yeah,
1: I was. I, I was just like a creative. I wanted to stand out. I didn't think getting, sending my resume was going to do it. And I thought I wanted to work in startups, you know, work at Twitter. That was 2008. So Twitter wasn't what it was yet. And then yeah, I did this website and someone just asked me like, "Hey, do you make websites?" And I I hadn't, not for any clients, but I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Sure, I'll do it for you." And then all of a sudden I had clients and I was like, "I I told my mom. I was like, "I guess I'm starting a web design business." And I could be my and my both my mom and my dad have both worked for themselves. Okay, So I really had like a nice example of that. And I was like, wait, I don't have to get a boss. And at that time, like 2009, no one was doing that. No, I was like, people thought it was so weird. Like they for sure thought this chick does not have a job. Like she yeah. just graduated college and she does not have a job. And I was like, eh, whatever, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm living my life, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a really, it's just a roundabout, uh, I just feel like my life sometimes has that magical essence to it of like, I think I'm going one direction and then something happens and I go, you know what, this other direction feels better. I'm going to do that.
0: Right. That's why we need to let go of control in life so that we can let other things happen. Right. I love those moments. And you say this in your book. I love those moments where another situation happened and you're like, wow, I'm actually happy that the other thing that I wanted to control didn't happen because this new possibility came out of this situation. Uh, But moving the conversation over, I used to see the idea of contentment as a bad thing. Admittedly, I remember Mm. challenging a guy saying, no, I don't want to be content. He's like, no, contentment is a good thing. I was like, no, it's not. There's no way. It means that you're complacent. You're not ambitious. But I was obviously completely wrong. So how would you describe contentment? And what does it mean to you to be radically content? I I think people still feel
1: this way about contentment, which is why I titled my book this way, because I wanted it to be, people were like, huh? I thought contentment was not a good, like, we're not trying to be content. We're trying to strive and hustle and all of this. And we're made for more and everything. And it's like, "Mm, let's, let's talk about this. So I think contentment in some ways, can lead to complacency. It could. I mean, it depends on, but then I don't think that's a bad thing. I think now, because if you're striving and hustling to try to be happy, but then if you stop striving and stop hustling and you're happy, go Chill. Yeah. like, great. You know, then you already did it and you don't have to stress over all the things that you think we're trying to make you happy. You know, some people that I would love to give permission to people to have like, a much simpler, slower life than maybe they think they're supposed to have because we're like consuming social media and seeing everybody else's big lives that we think we're supposed to have while not even knowing if they're even happy. And so I think what I've why I call it radically content is it's all about having like your version of contentment, not my version, but your own version of it. And really letting go of these societal expectations, which is what is driving a lot of us, and recognizing within what we actually want to bring to fruition? What do we actually want? Like, maybe you think you want this big business and you have like 20 employees. Cause that's like the thing that everybody says is so impressive. Like, Oh, you, now you have 20 employees. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, but then you'll just be stressed having t- like, you're not listening to yourself or like, maybe you're being offered a promotion that you're not actually going to enjoy that work. Like one time I got a promotion And I just became a manager. And so I stopped doing the thing that I was even hired to do and was just managing other people doing. And I was like, I I made mistakes here. Like, I don't want to be managing people, you know, but it was like, I thought that was the next step in what I'm supposed to do. And so when I talk about being radically content, I talk about this idea of having a strong foundation of loving yourself and your life, how far you've come, celebrating small wins, all of these things, taking like taking the small pleasures and the simplicity of life as like the romance of life. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it make those, make those moments even bigger. Notice like how beautiful your life currently is. And then from there, that's the foundation. That's the groundwork. What wants to come to fruition? What do you still want to do? Like if it's no longer trying to prove you're good enough because you already feel good enough, or it's no longer trying to prove that you have worth because you already feel you have worth internally, or it's no longer saying like my value is out there. I determine my value inside. Then once that's like, I mean, it's not a perfect thing. It's going to go up and down, but once you kind of got your handle on it, then go, well, what else do I want to do? Like, do I want to write a book? Like, do I I want to start a business? Do I want to be a musician? Do I want to, like, do I even want to live where I'm currently living? Or do I want to live somewhere else? You know, like, do I want to go do something else that I never even thought of because I was so entrenched in how I thought my life was supposed to be? And I think that was the missing part when people talk about contentment because it makes it seem like, just be content and chill and never do anything. Yeah, and it's no. like but we want to do things. Like we like most people really like to be challenged. They like to they like to have dreams. We like to have goals. Like it may it gives us purpose to have goals. I mean even when we were humans with you know none of this technology, people had goals, right? And so then it becomes like these are your real genuine goals. And they're not goals where you're trying to prove something to someone else or prove your value, prove your worth, gain external love or any of those things. Then you just get to do it and enjoy it and do
0: it for the challenge. It's almost like being content with intention.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, I mean, uh, so the other day, Lauren and I, my co-host and I, we had a small win and we shared it with a friend, but we never celebrated. However, a friend dropped off a little gift, a little gift got dropped off on this past Friday, and with a card saying congratulations, and I thought to myself, wow, I mean, I didn't even congratulate myself, and it was really, it was really nice, because it just made me realize, okay, I need to celebrate those small wins. I also have another example, my my old boss, my first boss and mentor figure of mine and he, he's a listener of the podcast, so hopefully he enjoys us. He has been in sales for a broadcaster for many, many years. And he, 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 reached, he reached a level where he said, I'm content. Like, I love my job. I actually don't want to go to the next position because you mentioned the, the next position up. He could go there. He doesn't want to go there. He's happy where he is. He's content. He's content with intention. And I I love that. I mean, I mean, I think some of the attributes of of, uh, contentment are obviously satisfaction, but also discipline, knowing when to say, no, no, this is good for me. So. Yeah. I love that. Wow.
1: And like knowing when to say to yourself, this is enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to keep optimizing. I don't want to keep you know, I would like to, like, this has happened to me where I have seasons. The more that I'm tuned into myself, I have seasons of my life where I'm like, we're not building anything here. We're just going to enjoy where we've gotten to. Like, what is the point of growth, evolvement, achievement, all of this, if I don't even sit in it and enjoy it and celebrate myself with how far I've come. And I'm just like, on to the next, the next goal, the next thing. It's like, if that really truly like gives you joy to 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 think like that and work like that awesome like that's amazing but most people it doesn't and most mm-hmm. people it means that they don't even celebrate the smaller things i think people get scared of celebrating the smaller things because they think well that's not enough yet i want mm-hmm. the bigger thing and it's like well those are those lead you like i can tell you if you celebrate every small thing the big things They're even, even more exciting because you can actually feel it. And it's not, you know, I used to wait for like, I can't celebrate until I've got the big thing landed or anything. And then once I got the big thing, I have so much pressure on it (laughs) to be the thing that I was like, oh crap, now I have all this anxiety about it. And so I think like, yeah, really noticing. And I, I mean, I think like living with intention is the cornerstone of all of this is really knowing like where your time is going and encouraging yourself to use your time in a more intentional way. Use like your, you know, know why you're doing certain things. Like we don't, sometimes I feel like we just don't question it. We just go, Mm -hmm. well, no, I have to do this and this is the plan and I should have already done it already. And it's like, says who? Says what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because you saw some person already do it. And now you feel like, There's pressure on you. Like I kept asking myself, there's a lot of things that I was like, Jamie, you came up with this plan out of nothing, and now you're disappointed Mm -hmm. that your plan, based on no reality at all, hasn't gone the way that you expected it to. Like you're setting yourself up for suffering, yeah, for no real reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, oh, I love that example of your mentor. I mean, that that's it, you know, and like that's a real true, that's being like in control of your life. Even when you don't have all the control, that's you saying like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to, I'm not getting on the, you know, I'm not playing the game that everyone else seems to be playing. Um, And I think that that's, that's just like really profound.
0: I think there this is a great time to actually mention an article that you wrote in the Huffington Post back in twenty sixteen that went viral. It's titled To Anyone Who Thinks They Are Falling Behind in Life. And in this piece, you talk about how we all need to give ourselves permission to be human and move at our own pace. And this is the article I read many years ago. And so I was very excited when I saw your name attached to it. So I'm curious for our listeners, our ambitious listeners who can relate to this feeling, what advice would you give them to let go of these feelings of being behind?
1: Well, I would say that you think it's serving you. You think it's the thing pushing you. Like if you let go of that, excuse me, you won't keep, it's like, that's the thing that's motivating you. But I can tell you that loving your journey, loving yourself, being accepting where you're at in a real way, it works better. You'll end up not only enjoying the process of whatever you're trying to bring to fruition, but you'll enjoy where you're going and you'll be able to trust that it's all working out for you. That, like, even when something is falling apart, it's meant to fall apart. Sometimes we have to let it fall apart so that something else can come in its space. Like, this idea that we're trying to control every aspect and trying to, you know, force ourselves to, to come up with ideas and inspiration and this, I mean, there's something to be said about discipline, but there's Mm -hmm. also something to be said about if it's not coming, it's not coming, you know, like, and that's okay. That's really okay. Because you're supposed to, you're not supposed to be done. Like, it's not like you hit 30 and you're done. Like, that's just You're just more of your life is coming, more wisdom, more things. Um, And so I think this, this idea of falling behind is just a total societal construct and it's completely not based in any reality. But when you subscribe to it, that's when you hit like a certain age and you go, well, I guess it's time for me to give up. I'm not supposed to do this. And that's, and you think that that's backed up. By some sort of evidence, but really it's not because you can just keep going. Maybe you have to rearrange how you think about it. Maybe you have to, you know, uh, support yourself in different ways and not make that mean anything about your talent or worth at all. But don't give up. Don't give up on yourself because of these expectations that you didn't ask for. Like you, this is just told to you and reinforced, but you don't have to believe it. Like that's just, that's what society values, but you don't have to value
0: yourself through their lens. You can opt out of the hustle culture and the comparison trap, or you, you can manage it better. I'm aware when I do it, Lauren, my co-host is aware when she does it. And I continually tell Lauren, because I always have to remind her, I say, it's better to go slow than fast in the wrong direction as well. A okay. lot of people they'll go so fast, it's like they're competing, they're competing, but it's like, who are you competing? Against, like you're competing against yourself. And I love your example of, oh, I want to write a book before I'm 30. And now you're releasing your first book and and you're around my age, mid 30s. I mean, it's everybody has a different timeline. Things happen at certain times. It doesn't matter. We don't have to be X age and accomplish X by this age. You don't have to, like, let go of that and everything else will come when it comes, right? And that weight will be lifted off your shoulders. And that's one of the things that I loved about your book. And I was talking to a friend recently about how uh, I believe that I argue after reading your book, that ambition plus contentment would equal greater success because I think ambition with lack of contentment will leave us burnt out and unsatisfied because we'll have these crazy expectations. And it's like an unhealthy competition. Like it's, it's not healthy. And you know, I, I definitely deal with it. It's, I'm still managing it. As you said, it's like an ongoing lifestyle, just like the minimalist lifestyle. You have to continually manage these emotions, but, but I see that you agree with me. So this is great.
1: I feel like that's beautifully articulated. That's so exactly it. I mean, it, I am proof that it works better. Like when Mm. you're more content, when you're more satisfied, I have genuinely made more money, gotten more Instagram followers, done more for my business, for my career, written more books, written, done more things, and all with joy all joyfully instead of pressure. And I'm not saying those are all the things we should all strive for. I'm just saying when people are trying to be convinced instead of, you know, when they're thinking like, no, I got to have that pressure. I got to be dissatisfied. I got to push myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm living proof that it actually works better. like, imagine if I had said to myself at 30 like don't even think about writing a book because it's over. I wouldn't have experienced the magic of writing this book, of writing radically content and what it's already, you know, what it's doing in the world. I wouldn't have been able to experience that and I actually feel like the timing was perfect because I'm much more able to enjoy the waiting for, you know, and enjoy the time that it what it took to write it and and Enjoying, like promoting it and putting it out into the world because I'm not sitting here going, every book sale or not book sale is telling me if I'm worthy or valuable and if I'm proving myself. I'm just like, I'm just experiencing it and enjoying it and letting it be. And it just feels so much better. And also, it works better. Like, more things are happening, more things are just coming into my life that I had, you know, that I'm not forcing. And because my life, I'm not, I'm feeling very, very good in my everyday life instead of this constant like ticker tape of pressure that Mm -hmm. I used to feel and being hard on myself. I'm like my ally to myself now, which feels so different. It's not like, you know, everything is filtered through, like you're doing great. (laughs) Like I love you unconditionally to myself, you know, instead of like you're the worst. Why are you not doing better? How are you not enough yet? And I was like, cool. So that I thought that was motivating. Just being a constant jerk to myself.
0: Yeah, even even you just speaking to me right now, what I love most is that you are so present. And that is the most beautiful thing about living this way. You are very at peace with where you are and who you are. And that enables you to be present with me. Like I, I always want pe- the people I'm around to feel like I am present, I'm listening, I'm there. And I think letting go of all these societal shoulds will help you be that person. And I think that's one of the, the best benefits that come with being content with intention. And in addition to this benefit, I I read an article recently in goodtherapy.com, and I read that contentment also promotes simplicity because it teaches us to be happy with what we have and helps us realize that joy doesn't come from material things. And the writer said, quote, instead of wanting more possessions, we start working on personal growth. And I loved that. And I'm hoping that you can add to this or share other key benefits of being deeply content. Well, like you said, I completely agree
1: that being present, you know, I'm not living in the future and I'm not living in the past. And I also feel like my days feel so much more full. There's so much more to them because I'm not, okay, well, it's Monday. So uh, I'm waiting until it's until it's Friday. And then I just got to get through the week and then I just got to get through the week. I'm like, no, I'm living in Monday. I'm living in this day and finding meaning here and finding things that are beautiful here that are simple. And I, I'm much more aware of being appreciative, but not to like that. Sometimes gratitude can come off a little shamey. It's like, well, you should be happy with what you have. No, I'm not in that. But like, I deeply appreciate where I'm at. And also allow space for more, uh, inviting more in, more experiences, more joy, more more things of what I'm craving. And and you know I I'm I have multiple projects going. I'm not like you know just sitting on a park bench all the time. Although I'd love I do that too, but it's just I'm able to really rest when it's time to rest i'm able to listen to myself more mm-hmm. of okay we're hitting a point where we're getting you know kind of run down let's back off for a second take some time and like rejuvenate refresh and not do that you know it's like i used to rest but i'd feel guilty mm-hmm. and stressed the whole time so it wasn't restful it was like i i'm just like sitting on the couch like frustrated with myself and then And I, I also just like am able to better have boundaries around my time because I'm not trying to overwork all the time. Like weekends are sacred. I don't work on the weekends and I let it go. I, my computer stays upstairs. It's done. I'm not thinking about it, you know, and I'm able to just really turn off when it's time to turn off. And then I'm also to able to be much more present in my work, much more consistent because I don't sit down and work on a project or like work on my next thing going, Am I good enough yet? Is this good enough? Is this mm-hmm. good enough?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just like,
1: I'm showing up. I'm gonna see where it goes. And I, I think also like having that contentment, that foundation of contentment means I am not living in the I'll be happy win, mm-hmm. which means I can trust that what's coming for me what's coming to fruition, what's being magnetized to me is meant to be in my life. And I don't have to constantly be chasing and striving and pushing and comparing, you know, even if I get the impulse to compare, I feel really like truly rooted of like, you're in your lane, like you're in your path. This Mm -hmm. is your life. This is your world. Mm -hmm. They don't, you don't have to know what they're,
0: that's just, that's, let them have their, let them have their path. Exactly. And, and be supportive of them, right? Right. Be supportive of your peers. Be happy that they're, they're, they're achieving a level of success, you know, put that positivity out there. I mean, you'd want that in turn, be genuinely Absolutely. really happy for your friends, you know, and your peers. And, and you talked about how being content also enabled you to have this newfound space for other things. And I know that contentment goes beyond ourselves. And in that case, did this newfound space, like give you or strengthen your relationship with others or give you the desire to build new relationships?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm total. I'm so different in my relationships, because I'm not Doing the, they should be different either,
0: Mm, you know, but
1: like they get to be who they are. And I'm also not trying to constantly optimize my life and my time so I can be present when I'm with somebody. Mm-hmm. I can give them my time and it doesn't feel like, well, I should be doing something else. You know, you, sometimes when you hang out with someone, you can tell, like they're checking their phone. They're really like, oh yeah, you know, they're not really listening. They're kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then you, you're like, you're not even here. Yeah. So like, why am I here? You exactly. know? And I never want that because I see immense value in connecting with people and being present with them. And that is value in and of itself because it brings me joy and makes me feel heard, makes me feel seen. And it makes the other person feel that way as well. So I cherish, I feel like I cherish the things in my life a lot more um, because I'm not always feeling like, well, I should be doing something better. This should be better. This should be this.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: when I have this foundation on the other, on the flip side it was very easy for me to see this is no longer working for me. This mm-hmm. friendship, I, I we're not a match. Like this partnership, it's not a match. Thank you, next. You know, that was really helpful for me too because if it's all just jumbled and chaos, you don't really know, you're not really tuned into yourself. And now I can tell when my gauge, like when my feelings change, when I leave feeling like, when i come into a lunch with someone new or something and i leave feeling drained i'm like
0: that's oh. not for
1: me yeah you know oh, let's not i'm not going to pursue that with um you know i'm not going to pursue that new relationship or that new friendship and so that's a really helpful gauge and i don't have to do like what's wrong with me or what did i say or this i'm just like i trust that that was not a match and that's okay Because another thing with, I mean, as you know, as like, you know, minimalism is all about making such intentional choices. I Mm -hmm. can't be friends with every single person. I can't have a relationship with every single um, person that comes into my life. So I'm very intentional about saying like, if I'm going to show up fully, which I will, then the other person has to show up fully. And that has to feel, we have to feel both feel energized when we leave spending time with each other. Otherwise, why? What's the point? Yeah. It's like, there's millions of billions of people in the world meet someone else, you know? And And I'm not saying that in like a crass way, but it's just like, I know my limit and I know what I have time for. And so that's all been like these like really natural things that have come up in knowing that I have this foundation with myself. Also, like if I like my own company and I like where, where I'm at in life, like anything that comes into my life has to be as good as that or better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a nice way of, you know, I think we get so overwhelmed with choice. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, 2020 showed us that we, We're like, our lives were so busy with obligations, too many things, saying yes to everything overstretched. And a lot of people, they like sat back in their homes and they were like, what have I been doing? Mm -hmm. You know, they really like had that moment of pause of saying to themselves, like, what have I been doing with my time? And I'm like, that's radically content.
0: (laughs) Yes, I actually, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) So true. And I I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Barry Schwartz, uh, who wrote the book, The Paradox of Choice. And he really, he really, Confirm, you know, good enough. We have to be okay with good enough, and and decide what that looks like. And back to your our conversation about being intentional about the relationships in our lives. I mean, we have talked about minimalism and relationships before. It's a sensitive topic because you know there's excess in our physical space, there's excess in our minds, but there's also excess in our personal life. And we need to realize, we need to ask ourselves: Is this relationship with this person, even a friend? still serving me. You know, and unfortunately, like it's hard, but sometimes the friendships from your childhood, you are no longer relating on the same things anymore. And you guys, you know, you move you move different ways. And that's okay. And so you you become more mindful of that but I wanted to kind of, I could talk to you forever. I wanted to kind of end this conversation by sharing how you really define radically content. You were on the Her Vibe is Pretty podcast and you shared a beautiful definition of what you believe is radical contentment. You said to be radically content is about finding your own why why you want to achieve certain things and being rooted in what you want to cultivate in your life and knowing that if you have a satisfied foundation everything can grow from there and i love that cuz it's just it goes to the idea of just like minimalism minimalism is a is a lifestyle template once you're in this clean template and you're at ease everything will grow from there and on that note i'm curious what Questions can we ask ourselves to uncover or develop this why? You know, are there things that we can ask ourselves, or are, are there things that you started to ask yourself? Absolutely. I mean i I love this
1: topic so much. I mean, like, I wrote a book about it and created a whole course on how to live with intention. So, I would say the first step is really just cultivating a curious mind. Um, The most important thing I think we can do is be curious with ourselves as opposed to what our default is, which is judgmental and shaming ourselves. Um, Curiosity looks like, why am I procrastinating on this? What's that showing me? Why does this feel so hard? What's that trying to communicate to me? Why do I actually truly, when I think about achieving this thing that's making me so anxious that I haven't gotten it yet? What, What? what does it look like? What is the first thing I do? Is it, I can't wait to announce it on social media Mm. or is it, I can't wait to do the work that's involved once I get it. Like, why do I want anything that comes into our lives? Like, why do I really, really, truly, honestly want this and be honest with yourself? Like, you don't have to tell anyone, Mm -hmm. you don't have to tell anyone, like tell a journal, tell yourself, write it in your notes app on your phone. It doesn't matter. Just admit it to yourself because it's okay. Like if it's, if it's like, I want this promotion because I want to change my LinkedIn status. It's like, okay, at least you've been honest with yourself. And now you can ask yourself, is that something that's valuable enough to me that I'm going to take on this job, regardless of whether it's work I even want to do, or I haven't even asked if it's something that I would enjoy or anything. Is it just going to be more work just for this title? Is that enough for me? Like having those inquiries where we're getting curious with ourselves as opposed to shutting ourselves down as like, no, you should want that. Why isn't this making, why aren't you able to just sit down and do this thing? What's wrong with you? You know, even Mm. something, even something like doing regular exercise. It's like, what actually, what kind of exercise would actually make me excited to be out exercising? Mm -hmm. Not like, what's the exercise to optimize this? And I I need to be doing this. It's like, no, what would I say yes to? Even Mm -hmm. when it's, even when I'm not feeling motivated, it's like, just do that and then see where it goes, you know, make it easy on yourself. Uh, so I think like these types of things, which like starts at that curiosity, is just leading us to like hmm, okay i'm having an i'm having a feeling i'm I'm feeling resistance to this thing that I say I really wanna do. what's that about what's that resistance instead of why are you feeling that resistance? what's wrong with you? Just do it like you want you know it's like that shuts it down my my philosophy is always like. When you are seeing solutions and hearing solutions, you're in curiosity. When Mm. you're feeling walls and it's just nothing is going to work, nothing is going to happen. I'm just shut down. That's when you're in judgment. And that is always a good, that's a really good compass to use because you always want to be in solution because there's always a reason, there's always a reason you're having, it's, it's feeling harder than it needs to be, or you're upset with yourself and you don't have to be upset with yourself. There's always a reason. And when you can get to the root of that and be curious about it instead of judgmental, I mean, sky's the limit for you.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause so side note for our listeners, you have an incredible Instagram page. It's just so calming. It's amazing. And I pulled a quote. I pulled two quotes from your Instagram that were really relatable and that really stood out for me. And one is very much on this topic. You said, just a little note to say, you do not need to figure it all out today. Let it go. Stop clenching. Let your mind rest. Let your body breathe. Lay it all down. Let the answers find you. So it just goes to show you don't need to judge yourself. You don't need to find out the answer today it can come to another day. And this is why your Instagram's amazing. We also talk about being good enough. And another quote I pulled is decide that you are enough exactly as you are so that out there doesn't convince you that you're not. It's just so powerful. Yeah. It, I mean, it
1: just makes sense. Like my intention with things that I do is never to shame people or say like, do it my way or you're not correct, you know, or you know, I just want I'm like I spent so much time battling with myself. I'm like if I can just relieve that for anyone, that's what I want to do. Like I don't want you to read my stuff and feel like oh man I'm doing it wrong and oh I'm not enough and I'm just like uh like what I that's happened to me so many times even things that were so recommended to me I'd I'd walk away being like well that was just another layer of shame. I didn't need to Mm -hmm. add to myself as in under the guise of self-help. I was like, "Mm." Um, so I just, I think like, that's really important to get ourselves like into a really curious state and to just regard ourselves with respect. Like, you know, the answers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. It's okay. If like, you've been going down a path that maybe isn't aligned with you anymore. And you went down that path with the information you had at the time, but now you've grown and it's changing and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's, and also like, let's let our lives unfold. We don't need to figure it all out all the time because like, if you're done, what is there to look forward to? Like, right let life do its thing with you and like discover new versions of yourself. Like I, I thought that was a big thing in changing how I feel about aging where I'm like, I can't wait to meet new versions of myself now. Right?
0: Yes. Like who Thank am I going to become? This is so cool. You're only going to get better with age because you're growing. I, exactly. I'm like, God, if I'm like
1: this at 36, I can't even wait to meet like my 46 year old self. What's she going to
0: be like? Yes. I love this so much because there's so much pressure on us to just be youthful forever. I'm like, yeah, well, my brain's going to be more powerful and I'm going to be more (laughs) confident. And, you know, I mean, as you get older, you get more confident, right? And you, you start to care less. You start to let go. And I think it's the awareness piece that's really helped you keep on track. Of having the level of commit contentment that you have, right? And I, I think that's beautiful. I think it's so important. It's the awareness piece. So to close, what words of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners with to help them let go of societal shoulds and live with greater intention? I'd love to say that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken.
1: You're not like a improve self improvement project that's never done. All you have to do is really learn to listen to yourself. Opt into yourself. Once you start listening to yourself, you recognize what's your voice and what's society's voice. And you don't have to listen to them. Do life your way. Like If you don't want to live with regret, you don't want to feel like you're settling, you don't want to feel these things, the best way to do that is listen within find a way to hear yourself, whether that's meditation or going for walks or going surfing, I don't even know, or like opening a journal or having a document that you put a list down of how you feel, find a way to come to yourself because that is the relationship that defines everything else is how you treat yourself, how you listen to yourself and how you're able to really sit with yourself and get curious with yourself. That is, if you can master that and you're not always going to get it perfect, but if you can work toward that and start mastering that, your life will just magically arrange itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just reminds me of just like a a very clean, decluttered foundation. (laughs) That's yeah. what you're describing. You're right. right. Be grateful and content with where you are, and it will grow from there. So, mm-hmm. how can our audience find you? Well, we've talked about it. We have. I have my
1: Instagram. Um, I'm at Jamie Varen there. My book, um, my website, jamievarin.com, always updated of where I'm at and what I'm doing. Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok. I've got his TikTok.
0: So you can find me on all the things. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I highly recommend you follow her on IG. You're just, you're just, it's just so calming every day. If you ever feel stressed, you, you usually come up with a post and I'm like, Okay, okay. (laughs) You just like it's just it's just so mindful. I love it. And and I wanna thank you for taking the time to put so much positivity out there because we definitely need it. We need less of, oh, adopt all of these habits and become the best version of yourself tomorrow. We need more, hey, be happy with where you are, who you are, like where you live and what you're doing today. And and then go after all the things that are on your plate today with ease. And so so I want to thank you for that. Beautifully said. Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: It feels like I'm very much in my purpose.
0: Oh, I love to hear that. Oh, that makes me so happy. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. And uh, I look forward to seeing your upcoming posts and seeing like how your book gets out there in the world. Like I'm so happy. Like I'm so excited to share it with all my friends because I got an early copy. So now I can tell everybody to go to your website and go to Amazon or wherever you can buy it. So uh, yeah, and good luck to you. I'm very, very proud of you. And uh, I'm so happy to meet you. And hopefully we can do this again soon. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really enjoyed this. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was my conversation with author and creative consultant, Jamie Varon. And I hope our conversation has left you feeling motivated to let go of societal expectations so that you can start living with greater intention. Jamie's new book, Radically Content, Being Satisfied in an Endlessly Dissatisfied World is honestly one of the most calming and motivating reads. For me, it really put me at ease and has already challenged me to let go of some of the societal pressures I feel each day. And so I highly recommend you check it. Out. And again, you can find this book and learn more about Jamie and her digital courses on our website at jamieverin.com. Plus, if you're on Instagram, I suggest you give Jamie a follow. Her posts are super inspiring and just full of positivity. And we all need more of that in our digital worlds. And lastly, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Millennial Minimalist or send us a DM as we would love to hear from you. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to write us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. Your reviews really motivate us to continue on this journey with you and also help us bring on more exciting guests like Jamie. So thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.